0: that favorite time of the week folks as we welcome you into this uh 377th episode of unscripted with mike and chris our end of the week spectacular if you will our freeform friday chris goes on to our twitter page looking for interesting things that people are talking about and writing about and discussing uh, chris brings them up and we talk about it and move on to the next topic it's been a great way to finish the week and as we get ready to complete this week I hand the microphone over to the executive producer of Unscripted to get this Freeform Friday party started. We introduce to the program the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Flute. Thanks,
1: Mike. Hey, yeah, we're on Twitter here, and I've got our Twitter account up, and of course that's at UnscriptedMC. So I'll start off with a tweet from Dan Broadbent at a Psy enthusiast. He just tweeted a picture of like one of those kind of lunch boards, and it says... My mind is like my internet browser, 19 tabs open, three of them are frozen, and I have no idea where the music is coming from, <laughs> and I thought our own Mike Jansen might appreciate that.
0: Well, you know, I, yeah, I certainly do. I, it's seeming that, I' don't, maybe don't have 19 tabs on the go, but I've certainly got a lot of different uh, irons in the fire right now, but uh, trying to, trying to, to uh, get some solidarity again, but uh, no, I can certainly relate to that, trying to juggle and jiggle and do whatever it is but uh I can certainly appreciate trying to trying to to do many different things at the same time and and uh I'm hoping to uh solidify some of those here in the very near future.
1: So this is a good one. Here I got a couple about I know we've talked about the Oakland Raiders but I still wanted to say a couple of these tweets here. So this is a fake John Gruden account. This is not the real John Gruden. But it, it's John Gruden at faux underscore Gruden, and he tweeted at the real Antonio Brown. He sent him a message. It just says, "You up?" And, <laughs> and I, just, I don't know I thought that was funny. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and then uh, you, you know what Mark Davis looks like. Yep. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. So you know, literally the worst haircut I've ever seen in my mm, entire the life. Worst. Right. Yep. So Eric Stangel at Eric Stangel. You can understand the confusion with Antonio Brown. Clearly, he assumed the Raiders were allowed to wear anything they wanted on their head <laughs> with a big picture of Mark Davis. So, yeah. Anyway, you don't have to respond. I know we've talked about Antonio Brown, but uh, just, just an absolute mess right now. But here's an interesting story. Uh, Boxing Kingdom at Boxing Kingdom 14. So, just so you know, Zufa is the Fertitas who, you know, they owned the UFC, uh, until... Isn't the,
0: Fertitta the family that also owns the Houston Rockets? Yeah,
1: it's yeah. the same guys, there's a few of them, whatever, but the main ones, Lorenzo and Frank, oh. uh, what they did, they never owned UFC from the beginning, there was a company called uh, SEG that owned the UFC originally, then they sold it to Fertittas, who, who their company is called Zufa, and then Zufa recently sold the UFC for, you know, billions of dollars or whatever, a while. So,
0: one of those groups were the ones that hired Dana White then?
1: Oh, so... Dana White, you want to know, you want to know why Dana White is the president of UFC, why he's successful, why he's had this amazing life, yeah. and he's like however rich he is. Yeah. he went to high school with the Fertitas. That'll do it. So the interesting story of Dana White, I guess I can I'll tell you this story. You might not know this. So Dana White's a Boston guy. Yes, correct? I did know that. Right, yep. mm-hmm. and he was a boxing instructor in Boston. Oh. Okay, and who knows what the full story is here, but he claims. He wasn't involved with the mob or anything, but he claims one day, some guy came to his gym and said, you know, you owe me a bunch of money. And the guy is like, and Dana's like, I don't know, what do you mean? Yeah. Right. And the guy basically wanted him to just pay him a bunch of money. And Dana White literally went to Vegas. really, And that's it. And that's how he ended up in Vegas. And I mean, he had gone to high school with the Fertitas, and they liked him. They were friends. And so they hired their buddy, Dana White, to kind of run the UFC. And wow. Like, I mean. Wow. I, I mean, a lot of people have, you know, made fun of Dana White's like, ah, oh, if it wasn't for the retinas, you'd be teaching Taibo in a gym somewhere, you know? So <laughs>
0: I found, you'll get, you'll get a kick out of this. I found an old tight is it Tybo with Billy Brooks or Billy Billy, Banks? Blank? Billy yeah. Blanks or something like that? Yeah. I found an old Tybo set of Taibo tapes in my house. We were doing some house cleaning awesome. recently. And they've been back. We've been <laughs> in that house over 12 years now. Yeah. And we found in a back closet, we found some boxes that have been there probably, th- obviously, the whole 12 years. And we found some old Billy Blanks or Billy Banks Tybo tapes. I think it's Billy fi- Blank, I think. I, so the do I, yeah. yeah. And
1: I found five of those bad boys. That's yeah. funny. Maybe they're behind your uh, Bowflex you never used. Well, <laughs> they were probably behind,
0: yeah, the Boflex or the Jane Fonda thing. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, but anyway, so... This tweet, I just wanted you to know what Zufa is. Zufa is the Fertitas. Okay. So, uh, Zufa Boxing is currently building a new 11,000 square foot facility. Fast hires have been made. Official launch is months away. Reports suggest Dana White's budget could easily be the biggest in boxing. Watch this story closely. So, of course, I brought all that up because Dana White's first love is, is boxing. boxing. Obviously, yeah. And he's talked for a long time about wanting to seriously get into the boxing arena. He's talked, rightly so, about how the boxing industry is the most disorganized, dysfunctional and corrupt entity out there. Well, it's not even an entity. It's just a group of people who are all self-interested and can't get along. Right. It's a miracle we ever had Pacquiao versus Mayweather even happen. I mean, it's just, it's just a disaster. And so if all of a sudden we got a series, like a UFC type league, but for boxing, Mm -hmm. if Dana has more money than these guys, they're, they're in trouble.
0: Well, you know, I, I, I will say this. I think one of the things that people don't realize about the game of boxing is that in its heyday, at least in my lifetime, we're talking the '70s and the '80s when you still had the Bob Arums around, and you still had guys like that that could put Don King in his place if it needed to be, you know, done. If it needed to be put into place, you had some legislation in in boxing. But since all those guys have either passed on or retired, there is no direction. Boxing is kind of rudderless, and if Dana White, with his organizational skills and his ability, to do things on you know a grandiose scale, I think that would be really, really good for boxing. If Dana White would take a full interest, because I think that would really benefit the game of boxing. People are dying. Well, not dying, but no, literally. Uh... But no, but what I'm saying is they are very anxious. Very, they're literally, you know, like they want to see some legitimate boxing matches again. I really believe that in my heart of hearts, and I believe that Dana White could deliver that.
1: It's true, but no, but uh just since we last recorded, I believe, there have been two boxing deaths from yeah guy, from guys uh you know with head injuries from yep. uh, from a fight. You're right. Which is too bad. Uh the only downside for uh Dana, and it depends how much they're gonna pay these guys, but UFC fighters I think to this day are still underpaid. Mm-hmm. And maybe not the absolute top guys. Well, actually mathematically they would be even if they're doing wet really well. But uh, the average guy is not paid that great. So in terms of how much they have, like with expenses and everything else. So right. uh, it'd be nice to make sure. Would I, this
0: 11,000 square foot facility be based in Las Vegas by any chance? Well, I'm sure it is. That's I mean, got to that's, be. That's where Dana, it's gotta that's where Dana yeah. lives. Yeah, yeah so got to be.
1: Okay, Etobicoke Ernie at Etobicoke Ernie. I saw Richard Gere was trending, and all I could think was, I hope he didn't stick another gerbil up his ass. And uh, I, Do you remember? That, whatever what ever happened to him? I don't know. Well, he he had that story where apparently he is involved with these people, and they all like putting
0: gerbils yeah, I, up their I, asses. And uh, I remember that, but I mean...
1: I think that ruined his career, to be I honest. I do
0: too, but you know, there are a lot of iconic movies involving Richard Gere. I mean, Pretty Woman was an iconic movie. Officer and a Gentleman was an iconic movie with Richard Gere. And for a while there, I think he was, you know, maybe in the 80s and early into the 90s, he was probably one of the top box office draws in America or in the world. But in the last, I don't even remember the last movie he made. Maybe the last thing he made was on Broadway with Chicago. I don't know. But he has not done anything. And I think the last thing a guy like me would remember would be the episode Supposedly, with the gerbil crawling up the, you know, the Hershey Highway. So, I, I don't quite understand what happened to that guy. I think he was a very talented actor, but I also think he was a little bit on the weird side,
1: too. Well, he liked butt stuff. That's yeah, how we well, know, that
0: you know. makes him in the weird category yeah. to me.
1: So, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, this is kind of funny, too, in the in the poop department here. So, uh, Deadspin at Deadspin. Georgia's Southern QB has charges dropped after cops mistook bird poop for cocaine. They pulled, a, they pulled this poor guy over and looked at white stuff on the hood of the car. And instead of first thinking bird poop, they thought cocaine. He's just driving around with c- cocaine on the hood, they thought. Oh so, they God. charge him with that. So, he's been cleared now. But it's like... Come
0: on, guys. Well, that's almost as sad as. Did you hear the story where the New York, excuse me, the New York Yankees general manager Brian Cashman was pulled over yesterday yeah, here, yeah. uh, because they thought he was a, a car robber or a car thief or something, and they pulled put they pulled guns on the general manager of the New York Yankees because it was a, a really obviously a huge mistaken identity thing. And they're pulling guns on the general manager of the New York Yankees. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. Okay. I, I think you'll like this. So this
1: is a sports radio reference. So Riley Gates at Riley underscore Gates. I like you talk about conspiracy theories. They're, they're not usually true, but I still really think this is interesting. So he says someone in Denver just called into ESPN to suggest that John Elway is intentionally signing bad quarterbacks so he can keep his legacy as the best Broncos QB in history I love sports radio.
0: You know what? Um, I think you and I have both basically said the same thing about the tooth. Um, How can a guy who has has accomplished as a quarterback in the National Football League as John Elway is, two NFL championships, two Super Bowl championships, a number of Super Bowl appearances, um, obviously um, one of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time, I don't think that is without much discussion there, but you know um, he hasn't been able to draft a quarterback. He hasn't been able to develop a quarterback and minus a couple of years with Peyton Manning, he hasn't been able to produce a quarterback period. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you think Joe Flacco is the future of success in Denver, you got to stop drinking before 10 o'clock in the morning because There's something wrong with you. Joe Flacco is not the answer in in Denver, folks. And look at it this way. When when the Broncos won their last Super Bowl championship, obviously Manning was the quarterback, but Manning wasn't... At that time, Manning was more of a facilitator than he was as the man. But they had a running game at that time, and they had some weapons to throw to. Do they have any of that now? No. And, you know, it's funny... The last time we got together, we talked about the uh, score uh, app who had rated the different conferences, or excuse me, the different divisions in the National Football League, and they had thought the AFC West was number one, and I totally disagree with that because they were so high, obviously, their thinking has to be, yeah, Kansas City's in the division, great, but... And the Los Angeles Chargers are in the division, but I think they were also putting way too much emphasis on the Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. The Oakland Raiders are are just a walking mess right now. And the Denver Broncos, I'm telling you folks, I've got a dear friend in this city that would kill me when I say this, and he's he's tried to beat me up before, but he can't. But he's tried in many times when he hears comments like this and he listens to Unscripted but when I ripped the the Denver Broncos but the Denver Broncos right now folks aren't much better than the Oakland Raiders. They really yeah, aren't. Sure. Sure. I'm I'm not making a joke here. Look about. look at it. Look at the facts. And I feel bad that Oakland lost the starting guard this week, Jackson mm-hmm. looks like he's out for an extended period, but realistically if I had the biggest Denver Bronco fan sitting right in this room next to Chris and I, I would ask that person, who are the most notable names on your roster? The Denver roster right now. And if he's being true to himself and being true to the question, I'd hope he'd have the balls to say, uh, Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb and the rest is a work in progress.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Onion sports network at onion sports. So of course it's the onion. So don't think it's real, all you people like you get offended out there. MLB bans cruel practice of castrating mascots. And, <laughs> and, uh, so it just made me think, who's who's your least favorite mascot? Like, what mascot do you actually want to castrate? Like, who do you just
0: hate? I wanted to get rid of, for, the, for when I was young, I wanted to get rid of the San Diego chicken, like a, like yesterday's oh, bread. Oh, yeah. I just thought that was the biggest waste of human flesh ever. I mean, he... Ted Gianolis or something was his original name. And when he made when he broke the scene in old Jack Murphy Stadium in San Diego years ago, he became the show. Partly because at that time the Padres were the pro excuse me, the Chargers weren't very good and the Padres were even worse. But I wanted to string that little bastard up by his balls because I just got so tired of him becoming the show. I don't think the Philly fanatic is a bad thing in, in uh in um in Philadelphia, obviously. And the one that I really liked was the old uh what was it poopy or something the guy remember in Montreal? The orange guy that would wore wore the wore the Expos jersey back oh. in the day. I thought he was entertaining. But oh, man. Wow. but oh, man. the San Diego chicken to me was one that needed to get his wings clipped a long freaking time ago. Not a big fan <laughs> of the San Diego chicken.
1: Well the San Diego chicken I remember for for WWE fans, it was funny because for some reason Pete Rose, the real Pete Rose and uh, Kane the seven foot wrestler had a had like a mini feud a couple of WrestleManias in a row mm-hmm. where you know Kane would be doing something and all of a sudden the San Diego chicken would run out and attack him and it was actually Pete Rose in there and so yeah, yeah. so he'd get beat up by Kane <laughs> and the next year he comes back and attacks him as a San Diego chicken again Pete Rose gets beat up again <laughs> Pete Rose you know one of our favorites here remember the show.
0: Morgana the kissing bandit no <laughs> oh my god she had guns out to here like or like a real human? Oh yeah. She okay. was a she was a dancer at, okay. at a local San Diego or LA strip okay, club, yeah. and, and they made, but she made her she she got famous by going out and tackling with these huge, gigantic breasts. Mm. She'd make she made her bones, she made whatever, made herself famous by going out and tackling the San Diego chicken and then kissing him. Oh, <laughs> and that was the big thing because you know she'd run yeah, out yeah, and yeah. Blah, 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 you know. I'll so. have to do some research. Later yeah, on that. Morgana the Kissing Bandit. Check okay. it out.
1: Okay, I will. The Philly fanatic is whatever, but I don't get why he's always humping in the midair. Like, I'll yeah, just, I don't get all don't that really stuff.
0: I mean, him. I like the sausage race in Milwaukee. That's always cool in mm-hmm. the seventh inning. Three, you know, Wisconsin is famous for beer and sausage, and that's always cool. And I like when they the three presidents race at Nationals Park in Washington. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I just wanted, I wanted the San Diego chicken dead about 30 <laughs> years ago. I,
1: I understand that. Uh, I love when Craig McTavish ripped the tongue out of Harvey the that Hound. That was cool. Yeah. And then, of course, years later, just a couple of years ago, when they did a tongue-in-cheek, like Rocky-style training video of of uh, Craig McTavish training the new Oilers mascot, Hunter the Canadian Lynx, <laughs> on how to, like, pull the tongue. And they're, like, in the gym and... And Craig's like, down into the left, <laughs> down and to the left. And Hunter's like trying to work out and like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's pretty funny. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so this is how Martine and I know we're getting old. And I know it's partly just the timing. I generally work till about 6.30 and then I get home around 7. And then, you know, she'll have supper ready and we'll sit down and watch TV. And what's at 7 o'clock? Wheel of Fortune followed by Jeopardy. So we're 85 years old i we're going to start watching the Lawrence Welk show soon. Uh, it's, but I mean, you know, it's great, but you know what? I mean, the fact that we've had basically my entire lifetime of Pat Sajak, Vanna White and mm-hmm. Alex Trebek, who are all really irreplaceable is, is just crazy. But Pat Sajak been loving his Twitter account. Great guy, hilarious guy, very smart guy, very underrated. I think despite all his success, I've been watching like, just the nuances of the stuff he does on wheel of fortune. He's, he's just brilliant. And, uh, Actually, what most people don't know, he's actually a very strong Republican. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny because he. this isn't the tweet here, but he had a tweet that I might have brought up on the show a while back where he was watching the Democratic debate and he tweeted and everyone was talking about how bad it was. And he said, uh, this could be worse. It could be a dinner party and I could be there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then, you know, today or yesterday, I guess he tweeted this, obviously tongue in cheek. As you probably know, we celebrities are uniquely qualified to tell you how to live and what to think, and I take that responsibility seriously. I'm working hard, and I expect to have my list of rules available in a week or so. <laughs> Meantime, just do your best on your own.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I, uh, I respect Pat Sajak for the simple fact I don't think you last over 30 years like he and, and Alex Trebek, you mentioned him as well. I don't think you last that long in Hollywood without having some kind of class and having some kind of, you know, you, you, obviously you're well-respected. Um, you know, I, this goes back to a comment you made years ago when we started this about people's idolatry uh, of, of people. And uh, we believe, unfortunately, as a society, a lot of us, not you and I, I'm not putting us in that category for sure, especially you and I. But I'm putting a lot of people in this category that they believe what comes out of a celebrity's mouth is a God-honest truth, and that is the dumbest thing that you can ever believe. I think, you know, if you can believe what comes out of your parents' mouth and your spouse's mouth, and uh, maybe, you know, your kids as they get older and they learn that they don't know everything, um, I think that's about what you can believe and what you can truly trust. I don't think... I, I I just I'm amazed to this day. And it's funny as I get older. You talk about getting older, you and your wonderful wife. I'm getting older every day. I have a birthday coming up before you do. And uh I just can't believe how much when these pinheads I mean, I can't believe that people believe a word that comes out of, of uh uh Bruce Jenner, whatever the hell she's calling herself now. It's calling herself. And she's got the right to do that. I get that. I don't understand it, but I I get it that this is a free country or a free society, and she can do what she wants. It can do what she wants. But I can't believe people that can put a full sentence together, and maybe that's what they can't do, but they believe what these people are saying is the God's honest truth, and I just have unbelievable tough time understanding that. Believe Believe your parents... Believe your professors, believe your teachers, but what Caitlyn Jenner says, or one of hi, one Kim of Kardashian, it, or the daughters—you know—the the two of the most popular people in the world right now seem to be Jenner's daughter. Is it Kylie? Uh,
1: Kylie Jenner. Kylie, I think Kyrie, she's the mirror whatever.
0: Friend. But yeah. I just can't believe that. Are we that dense as a society that we believe whatever comes out of this young girl's mouth? What is she now? What has she accomplished? I should rephrase that. She's accomplished a lot. She's made herself a multi, multi, multi multi-millionaire. With a large boost. Uh, Well, for sure. She's had some advantages that many, 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 many many people will never get. But I still, to this day, my friend, cannot understand why so many people believe what comes out of these people's mouth is the honest-to-God truth. And all it is, a lot of the time, is absolute hot-air bullshit. Yeah.
1: All right, I've been waiting all week for this story. Fox 5 Atlanta at Fox 5 Atlanta. Woman says meth found in uh, hidden inside vagina is not hers.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Sorry, it's not mine. I, I know. know how, it I, got there. how did it get there? I, I have no idea. You know, I watched the movie last night, The Mule, with Clint oh, Eastwood. how is that? Uh what well, it was outstanding. Yeah, I, have to watch I strongly suggest I it. It's not movies. as gruesome as I potentially thought it was gonna be, but I really found it outstanding. It was very well done, and it's amazing at about a hundred and three years old. And I know Clint isn't that old. He's deep into his eighties though, and he's looking really old, but he can still deliver a great product. And I really enjoyed that movie. How the how the meth got into this girl's Yahoo. <laughs> um I have no idea how it got there, but I don't really care to know, and I don't really care to know when it gets extracted either, to be quite honest with you.
1: That's funny. Okay. But I would
0: strongly suggest The Mule. That was a hell of a Oh, movie. yeah.
1: I've been meaning to watch it. I mean, Gran Torino is one of my favorite movies. Did you ever see Gran Torino? No. With uh-huh. Clint Eastwood from no. 10 years ago? No.
0: Probably one of my... Top five Which, movies what, ever. What Grand Torino? Yeah, like the car. Oh, I've heard that. I've i just never seen oh, it. Oh, yeah. you will. Is that the one where he's taken on the the young hoods in L.A. or yeah. something? Or do
1: you? Well, it's, you know, he's in like Detroit, I think. Oh, but, okay. But no, he like they're driving by, trying to scare him. They're cruising by, staring at him, and he just pulls out, like makes his fingers into a gun and just pretends to shoot them. Like he's just fearless. It's just it's a um, he beats the shit out of one of them on his well, lawn one or on on their lawn one time. You know, the, it's the, amazing. The, that
0: the, I I will look at that, but I suggest you look at the mule because. And I don't want to give a lot of it away because I want you to see it. But at the beginning of the mule, it looks like he's dirty hairy from his days Mm. as the, as the, as the inspector from the San Francisco police department, because he goes into this place to pick up what he's going to be muling. I'll leave it at that. And these guys are sitting there packing with Uzis and all this other shit, and he's just telling them, "This ain't gonna happen. This ain't gonna happen. This ain't gonna happen." And I'm thinking, this is gonna be the shortest, quickest movie because one of these (laughs) one of these trigger happy Mexicans is gonna blow Clint just right out of the picture. Yeah, it's a good. No, I I
1: would be willing to bet money it's that if you watch Gran Torino, it'll be in your top five if not at least top 10 movies of all time. And I bet you'll like it even better than The Mule. I honestly, I would bet almost anything on that. Okay, I'll look yeah, at it. Grand, Grand Torino. Torino. Yeah. yeah, you'll love it. Okay. Anyway, uh, okay. TMZ at TMZ. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey says he used to text opponents' girlfriends before college games.
0: <laughs> I got a story for you. Okay. Got a story in the late 80s when Jimmy Johnson was the head football coach at Miami and they were winning between him and Dennis Erickson they were winning four three or four national championships over a five-year span or whatever it was Johnson won two and Erickson won two maybe over a six-year span. doesn't matter all the current hoods that you're associated with with the University of Miami football program uh the Michael Irvins the Vinny Testaverde's all these guys you know the the, the Benny Blades, and, the, and just all the great football players that made, played at Miami in the late 80s into the 90s. Well, they always had a game every year with the University of Oklahoma, and they were especially special when Brian Bosworth was playing a middle linebacker for the University of Oklahoma. And the Miami players would make it a, a mandatory thing that at five a m the morning of the game they played Oklahoma, whether it was in Norman Oklahoma or in Miami, Florida, they would call bosworth's home they would call Bosworth's hotel room and wake him up telling him Good morning, Brian. We're going to fuck with you in about 4 hours. Oh, Brian, you're a dead man in about 4 hours. Fuck you. And they'd also take it another step by calling the girlfriends, reminding them that the real men play and live in Miami, not you cow, you know, you you uh, you know, the what do they call cow pies that they you know, throwing, you know what I'm uh, saying. uh, Cow chips or whatever. You know, it's just horse shit is what, or cow shit is what it is. All you cow chipping, throwing morons, you know, the real men that have the real you-know-whats and all this other stuff. And so uh, that's what that reminds me of when you tell me about... uh, I did hear about Jalen Ramsey the other day, and this guy bothers me a little bit too. Um, I mean, he's eminently very talented, but he is already... This, this week, I read this this week. He's come out and said next year, when he becomes a free agent, he'd like to play with the Tennessee Titans
1: or the Las Vegas. Raiders. That's it.
0: There's two teams. That's it. That's, that's right. You're exactly right. There was, I remembered Tennessee. I didn't remember the Raiders, but he's already saying that this is where he'd like to play. Let's see if you get an offer. Let's, <laughs> I know he'll get an offer, he'll get an offer yeah. I know that, but I just, I, I think he's got to put a little bit more body of work together. That's all I'm going to say.
1: All right. I wasn't really paying a lot of attention to basketball when this happened, but uh, David Payne Purdum at David Purdum movie detailing Tim Donaghy NBA betting scandal to be released in the fall. It'll be called Inside Game. Yep. What do you remember about that story?
0: Well, this guy, uh, this guy put the NBA on 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 its ear there for quite a while because um, he was profiting and uh, he was fixing basketball games. Yeah, that's crazy. And and um, in the
1: early two thousands.
0: Uh, late 90s, 90s into the early 2000s wow. is what I remember it. Wow. And um, he ultimately got busted and did some time. And obviously, he'll never referee another NBA game. But uh, this guy profited off of fixing NBA games. And he did it by himself. Ballsy. By, by by ballsy. The, well, sure, <laughs> it's hugely ballsy. But he's, he's fixing basketball games by refereeing them. Yeah. And not calling or calling or whatever yeah. it may be. But uh, this real. guy changed. This guy... Uh, this guy was a, was a huge player, if you will, and, and not in a good way, but, uh, he was a huge player in the NBA, especially in the betting, you know, in the betting and and it affected what's happening in Vegas, obviously affected what happened in all the different NBA arenas, but this guy was a player and this will be, I think a very interesting movie to see, to get the whole story about what was really, really happening with this guy. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, FanDuel at FanDuel. Name the most random player you can think of from your favorite sports
0: franchise. Most random player. Um, Most random player. Uh, Well, obviously on Green Bay, my most random player, most random player. So that's that's like a contributing guy, but not a superstar. Well, oh, no, it doesn't guy.
1: have to be contributing at all. Just just a, like you, you would know a million Green Bay players oh, for all sure. time. But so someone who's not a superstar, and just a random Joe that no that non Green Bay fans won't have heard of. Just who the hell is that? Like just a random dude that you know, but most people wouldn't know.
0: Hmm. Well, um, um, I'm going to go with our center uh, on this current team, uh, Corey Lindsley. Um, not a very well-known guy, but I'll tell you one thing, the Packers offensive line doesn't move without him. He hasn't missed a start, hasn't missed a snap in two seasons. He is a rock, uh, probably a very, well, very much so an unsung, unsung hero, but here's the guy that makes all the line calls. He's the one that you hear when you hear the, when you hear the microphones and you hear the, the Packers going up to the line of scrimmage and you hear split, or you hear any different variants of words. If it isn't Aaron Rodgers, the other voice is Corey Lindsley, and he's calling out the blocking assignments for himself, obviously, but then also the two guards and the two tackles. Um, Corey Lindsley, for a guy from the Ohio State University, he is one of the few guys from the Ohio State University that I have real respect for.
1: All right, for the Oilers, I will say Jason Bonsignor, who uh, in in 1994, the Oilers had the fourth overall and sixth overall picks. Fourth overall, they took Jason Bonsignor, who was... A useless, yeah. and at sixth overall they took a guy named Ryan Smith. So, oh. so their second choice <laughs> turned out to be a little better than hey, the first one. I don't,
0: I don't mean to go off the format, but while I just thought about it, what's happening in Edmonton with that guy that you thought needed to be traded? Oh, it was Jesse
1: Puljuarvi. That's it. The kid. Yeah, that's a good question. So, the last I'd heard, so before the Lucic trade, the LA Kings had showed some interest, and Holland said, "Yeah, you can have Puljuarvi. You just have to take Lucic too." And, but now Lucic is gone. So now, theoretically to me, well, now they don't have to take Lucic. So maybe there would be some interest, right? Uh, it, there seems to be, it seems like Poljarvi and his agent can't seem to get on the same page. They keep acting like they're going to bluff. And they keep saying, like, oh, well, we'll just play in Europe. And Holland's like, okay, I don't yeah, care. Go ahead. Yeah, like you, you, Holland is extremely patient. He did this with Yuri Hoodler. Yuri Hoodler did the same thing a few years ago in Detroit. And Holland's like, okay, do whatever you want, and then
0: and then he then, ends and, up in Calgary, I think.
1: Well, eventually, yes, but before that, he did eventually. He's like, oh, I'm not playing for you again, and blah blah blah, and all this posturing, and then eventually he just signed a new contract yeah. and came back, and it was fine. Yeah. So Holland's not the type to just knee jerk react, sell guys for less than they're worth. He, he's just not going to do that. That's not Holland, Holland. Sounds
0: like he'd be a hell of a card player.
1: that Probably is. Yeah, it's no, be he, a hell he, of a card. He player. seems like a great guy. He's from Vernon. He's a Western Canadian boy. He's excited to come back out west, and I, I really like everything he's done. I've been impressed. I mean, I was worried he'd just be some, you know, old hockey guy and and be out of date and all that, but uh, he's been great. And that Lucic deal alone oh, is just spectacular. What an embarrassment for Calgary! Oh, well, and you
0: screw your number one rival. Oh, that's just <laughs> you. You accomplished so much in regard to Ken Holland with that one deal. First, you got a piece of dead weight off your roster. You got a play. You got an asset that's going to make a difference. I don't care what anybody in this city says. He is going to score twenty five plus goals. I believe in Edmonton. Yeah, I truly believe that. And I don't think Lucic is going to score dick down here.
1: No, so I hope they enjoy the third round pick they get because Neil does well and Lucic doesn't. But man, what a what a just. And I've been very impressed. But anyway, to answer your question, yeah, it, it doesn't sound like there's much interest out there for Poliari. And honestly, the longer he stays away. The less and less interest yeah. there's going to be for him. Oh, for sure, right? So it's too bad. I mean, really, if he played up to his potential, he's exactly what we need—a six-foot-four right winger who's young but can still skate, and he goes to the net. It's literally exactly what we're missing. Yeah, like exactly. So it's a real shame that he's. I mean, and he's he's upset at guys that aren't there. He's upset at Peter Chiarelli and Todd McClellan and all these guys that aren't there anymore. And he's just given, I, I don't know, he was just... Doesn't
0: sound like the sharpest knife in a drawer. No,
1: he never looked like a very sharp knife. But I mean, he's he's very uh, talented and athletic and young and everything. Uh, and he seems like a nice guy otherwise. He does, I have read that he seems to get on, he's he, he's hard to be on the same page as on the ice. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, they'll expect him to be here and he's, he's over there. Like, it's just, guys have said that there's... There's trouble just on the ice. they like him off the ice, but on the ice it's trouble to kind of get in sync with him. And I mean, I've liked that he goes to the net. he's he's looked good. He used to play this game in Finland, where he grew up. I forget what it's called, but it's it's kind of like hockey, but it's on this gigantic sheet of ice. So he really developed excellent skating for a six foot four guy. Uh, so he's good, but I mean, it just sounds like right now there's no interest in him. I would hope that Holland would call back LA and say, okay, no. well, let's work something out if you want him still. Let's look at it. You don't have to take Lucic anymore. So we can just do some sort of deal. Maybe him for a pick or something would be fantastic. But yeah, it's too bad. Maybe, maybe Or maybe it'll be like Yuri Hoodler. Maybe he'll come back and he'll and end be, up he'd... and just play and, and sign. So whatever, but uh okay got time for a couple more tweets here yep
0: we got a time and then I, I want to uh, I want to give a plug to someone too but we can go through a couple more tweets
1: okay sounds good I just, <laughs> this is separate from that other Elway story you don't have to respond to it but uh Deadspin is going through all the NFL teams and saying and it, it's a series called why your team sucks and so they have like a, they have like an insulting headline and then that team like so for example. Fuck John Elway with his own teeth. The Broncos suck. <laughs> like that's, the, that's the headline. So, and then it has a big stamp. Why your team sucks? And it's like I don't know. It's it's pretty funny. But uh, just a couple quick ones here. Uh, you can respond if you want or not. Uh, the Onion at The Onion. Kawhi Leonard worried he's succumbing to glitzy LA lifestyle after purchasing flashy 2016 Subaru. Uh, <laughs> which which to me could be a real story. Like I can't even verify that that's a fake story. <laughs> So, uh, that's pretty, all fun. I'm going
0: to say is that I have, uh, a lot of respect for Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think he's going to make the LA Clippers the team to beat in LA. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. and you know what? I don't begrudge him. He came to Toronto, did what he was contractually obligated to do. He had the right and earned the right to become a free agent. I wish he would have signed with the Lakers, obviously as a Laker fan, but he has the right to do it as, as he wish, And, uh, uh, I have a lot of respect for him, and uh, I think he's going to be great in the city of L.A. And I think it's going to be great to watch Clippers and, and Lakers battle here for the next couple of years.
1: Okay, yeah, we'll just do. Let's just do a few real quick ones. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't want to get you off on a huge rant here. Uh, to paraphrase Dennis Miller, but ESPN, the ESPN was quoting Carmelo Anthony. I felt like the game didn't love me back. <laughs> Who the hell cares? <laughs> oh what an idiot anyway oh this one alex thomas at alex underscore thomas 14 peter chiarelli getting an interview with minnesota is shocking his body of work with edmonton was so so bad i know he's a veteran hockey guy but his resume suggests he is not fit for the job why the fuck are the minnesota wild interviewing peter chiarelli really yeah i had no idea oh and this is the craziest one i had no
0: idea that chiarelli had gotten an interview with minnesota yeah
1: well they've interviewed a ton of guys here's the weird one don waddell the current gm of carolina yeah interviewed with them
0: with minnesota
1: yeah like what, what do you think if you're a fan of the carolina hurricanes and your gm just goes and like
0: ah, i'm, I'm firing just, him is what i'm doing isn't that crazy i think that's ridiculous yeah i think uh, if you uh, if you are under contract with another national hockey league team now they probably had to get permission from the carolina organization to interview him but if I have my current general manager coming to me to get permission to interview somewhere else, I'm telling him, take the interview. And here's the second thing I want you to do. Keep on walking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's crazy. I think that's ridiculous. That's, it's totally ridiculous. I couldn't believe that story. Anyway, so some idiot Flames fan. I'm not going to say who it is uh Kachuk still tougher than the entire Oilers team so of course someone some Oilers fan <laughs> responded with a video it's just a huge highlight video of just every of of Matthew Kachuk getting destroyed by Leon Draisaitl over and over again so uh okay, Draisaitl hits him and then there's and then there's like three in a row where he just takes a run at Draisaitl and Draisaitl just stands there and Kachuk falls down and i just remember the time he turtled against him and Lucic and Cassian uh, he's just a just a stupid little shit. And he's well, so overrated, and I would
0: think that somebody. And I think obviously from what I'm hearing and what I'm reading is that they're waiting for Toronto's Mitch Marner to make a decision, and that's going to be the thing that's going to, you know, the, the the first domino effect, if you will, and that'll that'll kind of set the bar and set the market as to where these restricted free agent guys should be signing. Um, I just don't understand what. The be all end all is about this little this little Kachuk guy. I don't know. I don't get I it. Yeah, he scored some goals. I, I mean, he, he you know he certainly go- scored scored some goals last year for a team that won fifty one games. I get that. He's got the famous dad. He's got a brother playing in Ottawa. Yada 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 yada. But here's the thing you can re-sign Kachuk here in Calgary, but they're still going to have the same goddamn problem. And the same goddamn problem is your highest paid player currently right now is a munchkin (laughs) that shouldn't be playing at the National Hockey League level. And he's great during the regular season, but when they come out and they start hitting for real in the postseason, you saw what happened. And Johnny Gaudreau had one point in the five-game series loss to the Colorado Avalanche. That folks, is why the local team will not, probably, in my opinion, will probably not go farther than the first round of the playoffs. They don't have anything in goal, and they don't have a first-line centerman that makes your offense go. Johnny's great. The The writing was on the wall, folks, at the last game of the year. The last game of the year against Edmonton. Edmonton comes in here. Dry Saddle gets his 50 and 51st, 50 and Johnny Goudreau needs one point to get to 100. He didn't get it. He got one more point the rest of the year. And that's why the Calgary Flames are always going to be all around 12, 13, 14 in the lottery. That's hilarious. Uh, Oh,
1: one more thing on the Minnesota thing. So that, of course, that vacancy is there because Paul Fenton, their GM, got fired. Correct. So I guess there are a lot of problems because he was only there for about a year. That's right. Right? And I don't know if you saw this, but uh, so Ryan Lambert at uh, two-line pass, it's longer than this, but basically one of the things was he went on this scouting trip and they're like, why are you going on the scouting trip? And he just wanted to go. And then it turned out he really just, all, he wanted to go on the scouting trip. And this is when it was kind of a precarious time and, you know, thing, emotions were high and everyone's kind of unsure what's going on. So then he goes on this trip and it turned out he only wanted to go on the trip so he could go attend the New England Patriots Super Bowl parade. And he's sending pictures back of the parade. And they're like, what are you
0: doing?
1: <laughs> just seems like a clueless idiot. That
0: guy, first of all, I don't know him from Adam, but from just that right there, if you're trying to screw your organization about paying your trip to get over to Boston to celebrate with the New England Patriots, you don't post the stuff on social media. That's like, all right, here's an example. I would go on golf trips when I was in the development game and we were developing subdivisions. My contractors, once a year, twice a year sometimes, we'd go on golfing trips. Most of the time down to Las Vegas. And guys wonder why they get in trouble with their wives. Well, here's why they get in trouble with their wives. They're sending pictures and posting them on social media of gorgeous girls at places like the Spearmint Rhino, and the, the wives have access to it, and you see this gorgeous <laughs> woman sitting in, your, sitting in your lap with her tongue in your ear, and you wonder why you get in trouble when you get home. <laughs> That's almost as dumb as this guy, who was supposed to be on a scouting trip, and he's sending pictures from the Patriots parade. That is just doomed to fail, and you're doomed to be an idiot, and you're doomed to get in trouble.
1: Well, but if the rest of the organizations know better, if they're deciding that the solution is to hire Peter Chiarelli, so, <laughs> so anyway. But uh, before I do our last tweet on the uh, from the Onion, I want to get your thoughts on this. GBP Daily at GBP Daily. Kicker Sam Ficken hit three straight field goals from 51, 54, and 63 to end practice. Remember him for the Rams, is filling in a couple times when yep. his early has been hurt. Will he beat out Mason Crosby for the kicking job?
0: No, and before he kicked those last three, and that was last Friday night at family night, where the Packers incidentally had 55,000 people show up for practice, but that was down 9,000 from last year. Mm. Last year they had sixty four thousand people. This year they only only had fifty five thousand for the fram, family night scrimmage. But prior to missing or hitting those big three at the end, including the sixty six yarder sixty three yarder, he missed wide right from forty five and forty two yards. Yeah, that's the problem.
1: Yeah, I was unimpressed with him for the Rams when he filled in twice for Greg Zuerlein.
0: And uh, yeah, I, I, I do I believe. I do believe, and I, I think I was glad to see the Packers that brought in some competition because yeah. Mason Crosby, when you miss five field goal, excuse me, four field yeah, goals and up, an extra point five, yeah. last yeah. year in Detroit, and cost him a game in Detroit. Um, obviously, there needed to be some competition, but I yeah. think ultimately, because there's only one year left on his contract, I believe that Mason Crosby will win the kicking job in Green Bay.
1: Yeah, I thought it was funny when they said when they asked, "Will he beat up Mason Crosby for the kicking job?" Uh, Kurt Kozad at 63GB Packers fan said, "No ficking way."
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly right.
1: Okay, final tweet of the day: The Onion at The Onion man somehow overcomes alcoholism without Jesus.
0: How the hell do you do that?
1: I don't know, but I you know, know what? A lot of people don't know Alcoholics Anonymous is actually just a. Uh, oh boy, I hate to use the word scam in this situation. Well, I don't really, but it's a
0: byproduct.
1: Well, the, the, no, the, the the actual legitimate goal of Alcoholics Anonymous is to convert people to Christianity. Uh,
0: well, that
1: that is it, the twelve steps and all that. Yeah. It's, it almost all of it is just about Jesus. That's what it really was. It was just a way to prey on, uh, and it still so is. So maybe
0: that's why a lot of uh, a lot of uh, AA meetings happen in churches in the in regard oh, yeah, to church no, basements is, and stuff is, like that
1: if you look at it, it it like it's all about jesus and giving yourself up and you're helpless and you have to just whatever like it's all about just getting people to religion that's all it is and it's too bad that it has this reputation as almost like this impartial body or like the default like it's not it's just this piece of shit organization aa is where they are just trying to get people to you know be mm-hmm. strong christians or whatever and just just take damaged people and take advantage of them and it's it's really too bad. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. And if it cures them of alcoholism, that's great, but that's uh you know, it's kind of kind of trading it for one for the other, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. that's uh yeah, that's just that's really too bad. So I feel bad. Oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't end with an onion story like that. Um oh boy, let's find something else here. Oh actually actually, you know what? I did find a funny onion story the other day, but oh here's one. The Onion at The Onion study links drinking while pregnant to being at Kid Rock concert.
0: I oh, listen. Okay, I've been trying to tell you about this song forever and ever.
1: Oh, you've told me about this song. Yeah,
0: and the Kid Rock song. It happens to be a Kid Rock song, which is that its song isn't. It, it's 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 entitled or titled "Foad" F O A D. <laughs> and the song, the F O A D means "fuck off and die." Yeah. And he's talking about a relationship that he had with a girl. And it is now become my second favorite song after Creep, of course. But it is an unbelievable song. It's got a great rhythm to it. It's got great storyline to it. I'll have to listen. You'll have to listen to it. It's a great song. I would never, had ever in my life would think a song like this would ever get produced. But it has. I purchased it. I love it. <laughs> um, I love Kid Rock, even though he's from Detroit and he's a Lions fan and all this other stuff. But his song, F-O-A-D... Is an unbelievably good song. And uh, anybody that's going through a breakup, listen to this song.
1: It is fabulous. That's pretty funny. Actually, there's another headline, too. Everyone on flight annoyed by screaming kid rock. <laughs> it shows a picture of like of him sitting there in a middle seat yelling.
0: <laughs> you know what? Not the sharpest knife in a drawer, but I, again, this song was so well done. And it just relates on so many levels in regard to going through a tough breakup And uh, anybody that hasn't listened to it, I would strongly listen to it. But my only suggestion is don't listen to it with a young kid because there is some very, very explicit language in it. You know how we usually, you and I, at least once over the summer, get out to a golf course? Oh, yeah. And uh, I would like to say to all the people that I got to meet and talk with before I went to uh, B.C., I was out at, for the first time, I was out at a golf course called the Turner Valley Golf, golf and Country Club or Country Club mm-hmm. or something. And um, I want to thank everybody out there. It was an unbelievable, great experience. I love your golf course. You have a hidden little gem out there. It's a very, uh, it's not an easy golf course, but it's not tough. It's very fair. Uh, but the people is what made it nice. Uh, unbelievable starter. Unbelievable people in the, in the uh, clubhouse um, and very reasonable play uh, took a cost to play. And if you and I are able to get to a golf course this year, I would suggest that we try this one. Um, I really, again, I really enjoyed the golf course. I love your setup. uh, But the thing that reminisced in my mind was how nice everybody was uh, from the people at the, again, from the starter to the people in the clubhouse to the people on the on course. Um, And plus um, it's not as expensive as Calgary, but it's as good as any goddamn golf course in Calgary. And uh, anybody that has asked me since I've played the golf course, I tell them if you want a real golfing experience, try to get out to uh, Turner Valley country club. It's, it's worth the time. It's uh it's a little bit to get out there, but well worth it. And uh, if we can, you and I can swing getting around a round of golf in this year instead of wasting our time and money in Calgary overpaying. I suggest we go to the Turner Valley Country Club and have a nice time. Uh, how
1: much is it there?
0: It cost us fifty bucks a man.
1: Oh, okay. So what, like That's half with the a price cart. of the other one. That's
0: a with a. You paid one hundred and twenty at Elbow I paid Springs. One hundred and twenty, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, it and I would rather not have you pay that yeah, this year. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's and, good. I don't uh, care where we go. I'd like to uh, suggest we play Turner Valley, and. Um, more bang for your buck, and the golf course is just as good. And I tell you one thing, the scenery out there is a lot better than anything in the city of Calgary. It was just fantastic, and, and I wanted to send the my thank you to those folks that made uh, a, a plumber buddy suggested to me about this golf course, and I took them up on it, and I'm certainly glad that I did. Um, we've got a run on this 377th episode of Unscripted. Uh, great week of shows. Thanks to Chris. Uh, good to get back at it again after another bit of a delay. Um, I don't think I'm going anywhere to at least either, either November or Christmas time. So hopefully we'll, we won't have such a long break in between, but those are, those are important too, because Chris works his ass off all week long and, uh, he needs those breaks and, and, uh, the breaks are mandatory folks. We need those. Um, but, Thank you, everybody, for another great week of shows. Thank you to Chris uh, for hanging in there with me. Uh, Appreciate everybody and really hope that you all continue to do so here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Having said all that, for the executor of our little program, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.